Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Left of Greg podcast. I'm Brian Marin, the host and creator of the show. As always, I will be joined by human behavior expert, Mr. Greg Williams, who the show is affectionately named after. Here on the Left of Greg show, our goal is to increase your advanced critical thinking skills through a better understanding of what we call human behavior, pattern recognition, and analysis. If you'd like to find out more about what that is, you can check us out on our website at arcadiacognorati.com or by following us on Facebook at HBPRA or on Twitter at A underscore Cognorati. You can also check us out on the videos of the podcast on the Left of Greg YouTube channel where we also post some short clips on some of the concepts that we talk about during the show. The links to everywhere I just mentioned are in the episode details, so go ahead and check them out while you're listening along. If you have any questions or would like us to cover a specific topic, please reach out to us at leftofgreg at gmail.com. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about inattention blindness and how it affects your performance. This topic includes things like channel capacity, sequencing, and divided attention, which is something we've talked about in previous shows. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the show. All right, so it's just uh, me and you again, Greg. Uh, everyone listening out there today, like we said, we're going to talk about inattention blindness. So we're going to go over a few things and how we cover it and how it relates to human behavior, pattern recognition and analysis, and how it affects your processing. And when I say yours, I mean, of course, all of us, because it's all humans, how we can mitigate some of it, but, but what it is and how it affects us and how everything from, I guess, you know, a street criminal pickpocketer to a uh, magician to a, you know, uh, anything else, I guess people use this all the time against us sometimes. And then because they have a better understanding, I guess that would be a good way to kind of introduce it. And yeah, yeah, I I love that. What you just said, Brian, I think is critical to certain listeners. Everybody can take away whether you're a law enforcement professional, just a soccer mom that's taking the kids out to the pizza joint for a win. This can be used as a defensive strategy or offensive strategy in like the boardroom. Well, that that's the thing is you got to know it goes into knowing what your limitations and capabilities are as well as someone that you're dealing with right now, whether dealing with that could be a customer service issue that could be literally in, in a meeting, you're having a conversation with your kids when they're trying to get one over on you, whatever it is, like you, you understand there's certain limiting factors. And when we're going to talk about inattention blindness and we talk a lot about things like uh, change blindness, adaptation, channel capacity, sequencing. These are all things that affect your processing system in your brain. And we'll get into detail on some of them, but I know uh, since we're calling this one inattention blindness, Greg, why don't you start us off with kind of what a, a definition of what inattention blindness is and what that means and how that affects someone. No, it's perfect. And, and if you'll uh, allow me the luxury, Brian, I'd, I'd like to start off with a couple of examples, street definition wise, and then we can go in perhaps to the clinical, you know, uh, so we'll go from 30,000 foot to, to, to uh, boots on the ground. So uh, no secret, Shelly and I own the Powderhorn Ranch, beautiful place, 1.4 million acres surrounded by uh, uh, even more uh, uh, millions of acres of uh, primitive wilderness, had people come up for the adventure, elk, deer, moose, bear, bighorn, sheep, it's just a great thing, whitewater rafting, ballooning, you know, uh, uh, top of the punch, tea on the deck. Yeah. And so uh, we had an instance where this guy comes up and he's the richest guy I'd met to that point and uh, has his kids and grandkids there and uh, comes up to me and goes, hey, you know, my uh, my grandkid over there, little little Lord Fauntleroy, uh, refuses <laughs> wait, 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 to, I don't know, stop. whatever little, his name was. I don't, wanna, I don't want to besmirch the kid, Marin. So what, whatever <laughs> little Lord Fauntleroy is doing on the front porch of one of the cabins, 
he says, I can't get him involved in any of the reindeer games. And so what it was is he's got his little, and, and I'm going to age myself, his little game box, his little whatever they call that. Little that Game Boy? Play with. Yeah, Back yeah, in the day? You know, yeah. And, and just beep, boop, boop, you know, playing with yeah. it all the time. And so he said, Greg, I'll tell you if, if you could do something about that. And I said, I could. But remember, I'm a tough love kid from the streets. And he goes, whatever it is, whatever, you, you go ahead and do it. Oh, and geez. so I went to the vehicle bay. I got a two-pound <laughs> sledge. Totally true. Walked across, grabbed it. And uh, there's a cement pad in, in front of each one of the cabins, right? You know, the foundation thing. And I took it and I smashed the, the jabbers out of it and uh, handed it to the kid and said, hey, Jeep tour leaves in 15 minutes. <laughs> and uh, for the rest of the week, uh, he was on a Jeep tour thing, and on the horse ride. Now, that guy was clueless uh, and, and very aggressive for some reason after that. Apparently, <laughs> apparently those things are expensive. But, but the idea was that, look, if you have competing uh, uh, things competing for your attention won't allow you to attend to the panacea of choices around you. And this thing, just like the modern iPhone or iPad or anything else, leads to that because now your brain is excited by these nuanced little dancing things around there. And while it's focusing on that, it loses focus on the things around it. Why? Because we're not chased by pterodactyls. Why? Because we don't have to worry about a rhino killing us in our, our you know, tent. Uh, so because the brain has learned to relax a little bit and its survival mode is inhibited, you drift away and you're not paying attention. Real quick, the other one is the Jeep tour story about seeing those gosh darn bighorn sheep. I would come back and go, hey, we had the trifecta. We saw the elk. We saw the bear. We saw the bighorn sheep. And Nico came up to me. And Nico was driving a big V8. Uh, we had uh, two Jeeps in succession that we drive up into these uh, uh, places in the mountains. And incredible views, again, amazing. And I, I was always agitated and excited and saying, hey, look, you know, all amped up at what we saw. And Nico comes up and says, some of the guests aren't seeing what you're seeing because they don't have a file folder for it. So the other half of the same coin that I just explained to you for this kid having this thing that was drawing all of his attention, like the windshield in, in the Jeep being a television, yeah. uh, is, is the fact that if you've never been trained what it is you're supposed to be looking for, then it's a nebulous concept. So what I had to do is I brought fur from different animals from the DNR, the Department of Natural Resources, uh, which is now CPW, uh, got footprints in clay that Shelly bought from the BLM office, everything from coyote to bear to this. And what we did is before we even got in the Jeeps, we went to the hood of the Jeep and had the photos of the animal, what their tracks and prints looked like, what their hair was like. And we talked about their Latin name and what they looked like. You'd be amazed that when you walk on somebody now on the Jeep tour and go, okay, look at the volcanic caldera. Okay. Now look to the left of that pine tree, the beetle kill. Yeah. Now you see that big granite rock, that thing on top of it isn't a floor mat that's a bear then all of a sudden the scales fall from the eyes and they can see it so the concept of of inattention blindness is that certain things will compete for your attention one two you only have a limited bandwidth of attention to begin right. with two an emergencies or danger warning will robinson comes up much more than oh a piece of candy so so you have all of those things competing for your attention and that's why humans fail to perform at optimal conditions sometimes. Okay. So that, I mean, that's, that's, uh, how, how would that mean? So I, I like putting it to the listeners right now who are driving to work or driving home from work. How does inattention blindness affecting them right now? Or could that, it be affecting uh, them? No, no. That's, yeah. that's, that's an understatement of the century. That was a great question. <laughs> great question. Great lead in. And Brian, for you folks at home that are just listening, is trying to, to not slap you in the forehead uh, with his two-pound sledgehammer. Here's the idea, folks. 
you're driving at 55 miles an hour to 65 miles an hour. Uh, you're on a stretch of road where there's other cars. Right now, your brain is calculating your speed, your speed to ground speed, your mm -hmm. speed to ground speed, and the speed of the vehicles around you. Uh, if you blink or sneeze, you've gone 60 feet without having any idea of what occurred what in happening. that 60 yeah. feet. So that could have been a child chasing their ball. That could have been a seagull flying in between. Cars. Someone making a lane Not change. Only yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, your exit, do you get what I'm trying to say? Now, if we complicate that by saying the weather or the light, uh, the ambient conditions, rain, uh, lower light, dawn, uh, uh, dusk, now we complicate it by saying it wasn't rain, but it's cool temperatures are leading to black ice at some places and it's heavier traffic or lighter traffic. Because remember, the brain functions worse when it's agitated and amped up and excited uh, or when it's completely bored. Those are the times when, when we're most at risk of making a cognitive mistake. So, so I just gave you like five or six factors, Brian. You can imagine now, add to the radio, add your cappuccino, add that, holy crap, I forgot to pick up my kid's costume for the play. All of those things have a factor and each one competes for your attention. Okay, so that kind of leads into, I guess, uh, channel capacity, right? Because that that's okay. that, that that's where where we're, you're you're also hitting on as well. So remember, and I'll I just say stick with you know driving the car right now, right? Because yep. that's what a lot of folks who listen to us are going to and from work and stuff. So I have a set amount. I have a set channel capacity as a human being. Like there's a range. Some people are better. And so my channel capacity being the number of of polyphasic skills I can, I can do at a time, just that multitasking. And I love the car because I've been, I've been using the car example uh, for years from one of my buddies growing up that I, w I went back and, and visited him a long time ago, years ago. And so he picked me up and we were going out to meet some friends or whatever, but he's driving a, a vehicle and it was ma actual manual transmission. So, right. So he's using both feet and both hands. He's then also smoking a cigarette uh, he's taken a drink out of his Coke that he had in the, in the, in the, uh, in the cup holder. Yeah. And then he's got to roll the window down first before he lights a cigarette, right? To, so the smoke can go out. And then he starts talking on the cell phone at one point. So to me, it was just hands and arms moving everywhere, head back down to the shifter, got to adjust, uh, got to hit the clutch, got to open the window, got it. So I'm sitting there in the passenger seat looking over like, this is one of the greatest displays of human performance right. I've ever seen. You're going to kill both of us. So, so that was the absolute, I would say, the limit of channel capacity. But these are normal conditions, right? They were normal driving conditions. There were nothing chaotic had happened. We were driving from point A to point B, and he was doing all this. So, so you know, we all do this where we go, oh, no, I'm great. I can do this. I can talk yep. on the phone. I can, do, uh, I can drive around and do all that stuff. When in effect, what's actually happening is your brain then has to, if your brain's operating at 100%, and you're doing 10 things at once, it's only doing each one of those things at 10%. Precisely. And that math is critical. So uh, I'll take you back. That was the to first Detroit. math equation I ever got correct. Ever got right. Ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Just so you know. So uh, uh, back in the days of the Detroit Grand Prix, uh, my brother, Brian, uh, who, who's my mentor, my guide, uh, just a, a great human being, uh, set, uh, set us up with some tickets. And, and 
the tickets were all access passes because Brian uh, had worked for a number of organizations and done better than both Jeff and I, <laughs> hands down. And so I uh, went down to Detroit, got to go to these uh, before parties, after parties inside, which is not me. I'm a street drag. Uh, and one of the things is I got to meet Jackie Stewart. And Jackie Stewart says, do you want to go for a drive, mate? He sounds like uh, Martin Woolley on helium. Do you get what I'm saying? If anybody knows what I'm talking about, <laughs> Jackie Stewart's a race car driver. And uh, I got to meet a couple of great race car drivers in my day, him being one of them. Joey Chit would be in another. And uh, Jackie Stewart took us on the, the track and was driving in uh, whatever type of car. It wasn't the cars that they were racing in the Grand Prix. It was a spec car or whatever they called it. They had a okay. term for it. So we were going uh, about 140, 150 miles an hour. And he was weaving in and out of traffic. And it was highly illegal back in the day. Yeah. Had my I think it's badge I'm pretty sure it's wallet. still illegal. Well, no, 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 <laughs> not in most places. Had my badge and wallet and ID on the dash, so after we cracked it up, they would be able to find it and peel me off the, the stuff and say, hey, this guy was a copper, right? And uh, I was amazed because I thought I taught a, a defensive driving, right. uh, pursuit driving, emergency vehicle operation. I was an instructor in, in high demand. I thought, hey, I'm the greatest driver I know. Fastest yeah. I'd ever na navigated a closed course was 131 miles an hour. And he's trumping this right now. Apologize, a busy day at the office, apparently. He's trumping the best speed that I ever got ever and uh, amazing me as he's doing it. And I looked at him and I said, looked at him like this. And I said, uh, Jackie, how, how are you doing this? And he says, the problem with people is they're looking around him. He yeah. says, I've spiraled to all of those drivers way up there that I can barely see. And I'm conducting predictive analysis on what they're going to do next. And what it was is he had so much uh, training and experience at operating a vehicle at its limit, right. and operating his brain at, at its limit, that he looked for patterns. And when he recognized those patterns, he drifted into those lanes, predicting what those other cars and those other people were going to do. And guess what? He was right more than he was wrong. So let's, let's take that analogy from the Grand Prix back to what we're talking about. You have only a limited set of right. attention. And, and unless you're training at, at the Jackie Stewart level for driving or at your friend's level for just mopery, just for doing all those things at once, you're going to fail in one of those things when all of a sudden one of those 10 needs 11%. Now well, the that, ball and the kid comes out, right? And guess what? You're going to go to that bag and that bag, that deficit bag is going to be empty. Well, and at the same time too, he's out there showing one, he's an expert at what he does. Yes. Your, your example you gave. And he's at 100% attention to driving, right? In so that he's, moment. Yeah. And, he, and he, later when we went to, to, to Burger King, he dropped the mayo and the ketchup on his polo. How yeah. was he able to do one and not the other? Because at one bandwidth, Brian, he operated in at peak human performance. Like right. a swimmer, like a javelin thrower, like whatever. Yeah. But, so, but that didn't mean it was his whole life. It didn't no, mean his marriage and, and everything and you can, else. And that's, that's the thing, right? You can only do something like that for so long. And then it takes yep. certain, like those drivers who drive, like that, that's obviously years of training and experience. So sticking on the driving concept, most people, even me driving down the road. Yeah. I've been to a whole bunch of driving courses and it's fun yes. and you get to do all kinds of cool stuff with vehicles and you understand vehicle dynamics, but you know, you still have this, you still have everything competing for your attention in your environment, right? Yes. So, so which, which you have to take into account because if you don't now and you don't train for that real event, you're likely going to fail. 
No, because that's and that's what I have to do out here, especially out driving in in Southern California. I know that vehicles out here have blinkers. I just no one knows how. You to haven't use seen it. one yet, so yeah. I haven't seen it actually work. Exactly. I check mine every once in a while just to make sure. I know mine work. I'm pretty sure, but people don't. They just they don't signal, you know. And you know, it's just so uh, you know. I, and I, I always give. I've seen my friends do it before, where they cut someone off. I'm like, I'm like, man, if there was only, if there was only, if there was some way that you could have let that guy know what yep. you were gonna do, man, that would have been great. Would, would why why <laughs> should, why can't somebody invent so, this thing that would warn other drivers? Not okay, anywhere. so so that so we'll we'll stick on the driving analogy and then continue on with it. So then what you know we like to do what can i do to counter the effects of this right so yeah. i have oh i if i have a channel capacity uh what do i have to do to counter that all right if i if i know that i'm not you know i'm i can only do one thing at a time really well well if i'm driving and the kid's screaming or someone's calling like how, how do i process that how do i make it easier for myself yep well uh, give you again i i teach with photos and in, in class and stories and examples so i'll, I'll give you two i'll give you a guy jg that uh, shall remain nameless, Warren Michigan Copper, uh, was going on to the feds and said, hey, before I go, uh, you do this Ford uh, uh, 180, this 360, this reverse 180, could you show me how to do the 520 Daffy with the scout car? And I said, I'll show you everything. So we had an area in an industrial park where there's nothing but big, wide roads that look like uh, landing strips. And uh, we took the sled out, and I taught them each one of them. Uh, speed, critical window for speed, uh, because if you out, uh, run your headlights or outdo the performance of the car, the car will fail and, and kill you. So gave him all the warnings, took him out, showed him, and, and was ready to do the first one where he was the driver and I was the A driver. And we go down and he gets this huge wide cul-de-sac that's 500 feet and, and probably 100 yards long and locks up the brakes and we're in a four uh, oh, power skid and yeah. look over a, 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 a curb and I'm trying to imagine something for the listeners. The, the curb has got to be 12 inches high, right? Uh, blows out all four tires, breaks the tie <laughs> rod on the scout car, oh. and thousands of dollars of damage. Yeah. And I'm like, what did you do? And he goes, well, I hesitated. I didn't know what to do. Listen, if you uh, overrun the performance of the vehicle that mm -hmm. you're in, yeah. and that means anything, that means you're microwave at home, that means a channel changer, you're whatever, uh, you're going to exceed the capacity, and therefore failure is likely, not just imminent, uh, 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 or not imminent, but likely, eh? because God, Buddha, Vishnu, Allah can come down and save you, right? Now, if you do that same thing with your brain, if you only have a certain channel capacity and you exceed that channel capacity, you're going to make mistakes. So Avon, Shelly and I uh, uh, working up in Avon, Colorado, uh, and every year at the Avon Lake there in the center of uh, all the car companies, Audi, BMW, all the American car companies, when it uh, was iced over, they would do ice driving. Okay. And so what we would do for the LE is we would do extreme ice driving. Man, we would do some ice driving. You could not imagine what we were putting the faces through the car. Yeah. Uh, if the car was running at peak performance and the driver was running at peak performance, you could finish it and come out looking like, uh, like a pro. If you hit the brakes or had too yeah. much gas or like being on a, a freeway and blowing a tire and hitting the brakes uh, or, or being on the ice and starting to skid and not knowing simple things like turning into the skid. So the answer to your question with the, all those convoluted stories, Brian, is training. Yeah. If you don't have A, training, and you don't have B, experience, what's going to happen is that file folder is going to come up and say you are now involved in an emergency. And there's either going to be writing on it 
or there's not. There's going to be a wrinkle in your gray matter in your pink, wonderful, oxygenated uh, uh, brain that after you die turns gray, hence the word uh, when, when they're putting all the, 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 the drugs in there, or you're going to, to fail. So what, what, are, what, is the, uh, what is the difference between you and the person can do it? Their channel capacity is no larger than yours. Right. They've just rehearsed how to transition into a stress or a non-stress situation more fluidly than you have. Yeah. Okay. So that, that, that comes down to, and I, and I like the driving analogy because there's a lot more involved in it than most people even realize, but cars have gotten safer. Roads have gotten safer. How we, um, you know, manage traffic has gotten better. In fact, it's now that most, most, uh, traffic jams and situations like that are actually not due to the lack and size of the freeway or Precisely. what it can handle. It's actually more now they're realizing, um, it's coming down to human performance, right? Yes. So it's actually, it's human error that's getting in the way of, or, or causing these, these different issues that we're seeing versus, uh, oh man, we need to add another lane. Like, no, there's actually for the given amount of cars, there's actually plenty, plenty. of room. Exactly. So, so, uh, so, so that, that being said, uh, with, with channel capacity, I like, again, the driving example one, because a lot of people are driving right now, but also because like we said, there's a lot of skill that's involved in that, that we don't realize that we're doing. There's a lot of attention that needs to occur. Your brain's processing, like you said, how fast you're going, whether or not that car is moving forward or back, whether they hit the brakes or, or they're just coasting, they took their foot off the gas and now you're gradually getting closer. And it has to do all of that stuff with every vehicle that, that, that is in your, uh, area, right? Every vehicle that you can see. And so what happens, uh, you know, a good thing to mention just cause we're on the topic is, you know, if I, if I take that time to look down and I read that text message on my phone, it's basically like I give the analogy of the, uh, the etch-a-sketch, right? We had, I had an etch-a-sketch as a kid and yep. two little knobs and you could turn you can move it, and you're, you're slowly trying to draw something and it takes a long time. Well, now, if that's driving, that's what you're doing. That's what your brain's doing when you're driving down the road. So if I have any time I look over at that phone and I read that text message, it's literally like taking that Etch-a-Sketch and just and shaking it right up, right? It's, it's no longer, I no longer have a picture and have to start over at zero. And that's why we, that's actually why we missed stuff. That's why you hear, oh, the kid came out of nowhere. That's why the number one traffic collision or, or number one accident in the world is a rear end collision because of, because of that. All, all precisely correct. Now, now, for the listeners, for the, for the viewers, you got to think about what Brian just said because it's gospel. Then you have to add to it novelty. So yeah. if there's something novel, like, ooh, a piece of candy, your brain has to, your, your, your brain is forced every second of every day of its life to make order out of chaos. So if you see, like, like for example, there was a, a TED Talk, and I, I hate the, the whole concept of TED Talk, but I, I, I was tuned into this one because it was on a topic I really enjoy. And uh, the person after the TED Talk that commented in, and I don't know how that really worked, but it was right there on the screen while I was watching, couldn't get over the asymmetrical blouse that the speaker had on for the 14 minutes that she was speaking. Oh, now, she's talking about this insanely important topic and what a great job she was doing. But the bottom of her blouse was, was off by a couple of inches, and that's all this person could listen. Listen, or, or uh, like, uh, watch and liken it to. Listen, when you're out in public and you see something that's novel, your brain has to assimilate that, think, is it going to kill me? Is it going to eat me? Can I sleep with it? You get what I'm trying to say? And that process takes time. And even though it only takes nanoseconds, again, we've established that depending on how fast you are going or how fast your vehicle is going or how fast something is traveling towards you, for example, you may not be able to dodge that baseball coming at your head 
because you're competing. You're you're dividing your attention. And Brian, you brought it up about the 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 the, the number uh, uh, because there is a sheer number. If I was going to talk about channel capacity, uh, the reason and and you bring it up in class all the time. You do a great job. The reason it's called stop, drop, and roll. Uh, uh, the, yeah. the reason it's called, uh, uh, you know, say no, go and tell. The reason that those are in threes is because the normal human channel capacity with no stress, no external schema that's going on, no challenge uh, uh, for you is three. Uh, reason 911. Uh, right. I will be able to, under a significant amount of external stress, to remember those three things. Now, uh, uh, with no stress situations, you know, maybe I'll be able to come up with more than three. But when it's a stressful thing with I'm getting bombarded, I can only do three. And, and so if you can only make three choices uh, under stress, uh, or remember three things or, or get a sequence that's going to be, you know, uh, shoot, move and communicate then you're going to be way outclassed when you're going 60 miles an hour or okay. way outclassed when you're driving four wheel drive from the airport in a snowstorm. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a good kind of general explanation of some of the concepts that go into attention, right. And completing polyphasic skills or tasks, multitasking. So, so that's driving, but that, this is also why that if you, you touched on a number of things, why this affects me of why I miss things in my environment, right. Why don't I see things? Why does it come out of nowhere? What yep. is it that, that oh man, I, I miss this guy coming up to me who was going to try and mug me or whatever. We, we okay. miss so, those cues in our environment. A yes. lot, a lot of people miss them. Even, even trained or even people who are in a profession where you think they wouldn't miss those things. Are going to miss them. They still do. Why? Expectation. Okay. So uh, uh, do your homework. We always uh, ask our viewers to do a little bit of the work on their own. Uh, there's a great series of videos out there about people. And, and if it's October and coming up on Halloween, there's uh, easier to find them where people will have a display on their porch and the kids will come up and oh, get yeah. the candy. And all of a sudden yeah. the person will move forward. That startle reflex. Why? Because your brain doesn't burn excess calories. Your brain goes into this remission. It goes through these patterns. It recognizes patterns in there, follow suit, even if it's wrong. So it looks at the porch and it says, oh, look at the beautiful casket. Look at the display. Hey, there's the Wolfman. Uh, you know, his favorite song, Wolf, there it is. And you walk up to the front door, grab the, the, the candy. And before the person says trick or treat, it's actually a guy in a mask. Those startle effects are because your brain has already decided what's most likely. And because of the situation and because it didn't sense danger, there was no MD COA file, most dangerous course of action file. And that's why you jump. And that's why television and advertisers have learned what those tricks are. And therefore, look, for example, it's easier to trick you if your visual field, your functional field of view is tied up. So if I'm going to spend a lot of money, I'm going to have the red uh, uh, in my product line, and it's going to be at eye level in the store. And I'll pay more for them to right. put my box of soup or my you know, bag of candy at that level because you're more likely to see it than at foot level. You get what I'm trying to say? So if, if I can fool, and, and you said it earlier, Brian, when we started the broadcast, uh, uh, if you see a pickpocket or a street uh, magician, they both share the same thing. The, the same thing. They're magic yeah. because all yeah. they got to do is fill your six or 11 degree functional field of view. Your entire back of your skull is, is set up to, to, with your visual uh, perception. And if I can exceed the amount of uh, channels of information that you can pay attention to, 
then the trick is going to work and everybody in the audience can watch it. Right. And they'll yeah. all laugh and they'll all go, Oh, that's great. It's in his left hand, but you can't see it because your brain is too close. It, it's overwhelmed by all of the events that it sees. And that's why it comes up with the, the, the you know, the six plus or minus one, uh, uh, under ideal circumstances, your brain can process only three in that emergency. And now when Siegfried and Roy is up in your face and he's saying, okay, think of a number between one and 10 and yeah. he's flashing those cards. What happens is all he does is exceed your channel capacity. The minute he does that, you are now blind inattention blindness. Right. And that's, uh, and that can get us every time. Cause you're, what you're talking about is kind of different types of illusions, right? So you yes. have, you have, you know, physiological illusions or, and then you have cognitive illusions, right? And those cognitive illusions like exactly. that are going to get you every time, right? Once you learn the, you know, the old, you know, coin behind the ear or whatever the magic trick is, you, you can never be, be can't be fooled again. Once exactly. you've seen it, you can't be fooled again. But what, what you're getting into and why some of these guys and, and, you know, magicians are, are great at it is, is the cognitive illusions will fool you every time, even, even if you over. know about the science behind it. Right. So we yes. know, but you can still watch those videos or see those guys talk about it. Uh, the magician, the one that the guy who's like, Oh, I was a pickpocketer for 10 years and that's how I did it. And it works over. So you're going to go, there's no way this guy's going to fool me. Cause I know what he's talking about. I know how this stuff worked and he still does something in there. Now, obviously they're really good at it, but the, the whole point of it is, is you have limitations. You have precisely. And, and, and he process. knows what they are. She knows what they are. Yeah. And all I have to do is get you to, uh, I just have to divide your attention. So go so, back. So to, how do I use that as a weapon, Brian, yeah, or, exactly. or a defense? So, so we travel to Europe a lot. And one of the things that people told me is, Hey, this, this guy's so slick. He'll, uh, steal your radio and leave you the music. So you got to keep an eye out for this guy when you're going through there. And there's a lot of pickpockets and they, okay, to pick my pocket, what they're going to do is they're going to have three or four people that are going to come at you. And the one old lady is going to ask you for directions while her son bumps into you. The other kid spills his uh, uh, Starbucks while the other person uses a, a knife or a, a exacto knife to cut your pocket and dump your wallet. So you don't feel the hand go into your pocket or whatever. What, what is that? That, that they, they call those scams all the time. There just was one in, in Denver where the family came in and stole all the jewels in the jewelry exchange because the old woman came over and asked for something. And when the guy was looking one way, she dropped the kid crawled like a, on his, on his hands and knees behind the counter and took all the diamonds. Listen, you only have a six or an 11 degree functional field of view. Your brain is only going to trigger on an emergency signal. If it's aware an emergency is occurring. Yeah. So what's happening is all they do is exceed your, capacity they exceed your uh, uh uh bandwidth for attention and once they do that they're going to win and that's also the same reason that you're going to crash your car right. if you've exceeded that uh and you have physical limitations maybe you're tired maybe you've had too much or not enough caffeine maybe you've had too much alcohol or michoacan whatever it is that you're doing the idea is <laughs> that once anyone, you reach that threshold think anyone uses that term anymore but <laughs> oh thank you thank you for making me feel really old i'm from yeah. glaucoma central here in colorado yeah. i'm out in california so i you know it's all it's all legal here but but here you know and to, to go like what you can learn to identify it right so you can learn to identify when someone is attempting to divide your attention precisely so that's in the shopping that's your mall. defense that's right. your defense right but, but, once it starts yeah and and so you know it could be in literally the 
you know, like we always use the shopping mall examples. You're walking through the the department store and they got people out there selling cologne or makeup for the girls or whatever the issue is. And, and they're trying to get your attention. They're trying to divide it just to sell you products. It's, it's a very similar process, right? So, so therefore so it doesn't, it doesn't trigger the MD COA. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. But here, so but, you'll go along with it. Well, right. And, and that's why you always got to, we do the MLMD COA on everyone. So the, in that situation, it's, I know, okay, yeah, they're just trying to sell me something. But sometimes when you think, hey, someone's just trying to sell me something, that might actually be the criminal or whatever. And uh, I just have a story uh, popped in my, my head. Because once you learn how to identify it, that someone's just trying to divide your attention, you know the gig's up. You know there's something going on. You're something. walking into it. You're you walking don't necessarily into it. know what. Yes. You're, you're walking into an ambush. Now, that ambush may be someone trying to sell you a bottle of perfume she or that ambush. on its skin. Yeah. <laughs> might be trying to, trying to get you to help. Could you, just give me, could you give me a hand getting this couch in the van, you know, kind of situation, right? Push but, it all the way up there. <laughs> but, but That's so creepy that we know that. Know. Of all the things we know, no Disney film. Uh, we can do every line from, from it. Sure, so I have ID. Sir. Oh, gosh. So, uh, so, so we're, so, but once you learn to identify it, so I was at that place, uh, whatever, a few weeks ago that shall remain nameless out on the East coast where prison. All, yeah. Oh no, well, no, no, this was worse than prison where apparently you learn how to fight really well, but I just got my ass handed to me. But, but that was the whole thing. It was one of the scenarios is that, you know, that all of we're going to take everything you, away from this, you. Well, you take everything away and we're there. So, so I know exactly what the guy's doing. It's clear because it's a, you know, scenario based trading that he's trying to divide my attention and he's yep. going, Hey, this over here, blah, blah, blah. And so I immediately start doing it right back. I go, no, it's your buddy right over there. You look, so I'm trying to divide his That's attention. Great. He's That's great. Trying to divide mine. So he now look he's up behind in, you. Well, now he hasn't seen that the training scenario. So he's thinking, right. but he, he can tell what I'm doing. So it ends up just the two of us yelling at each other, pointing in opposite directions. And they just went, okay, all right, we'll do a new one. <laughs> but the, the point, the point of the story was, I, and then I just got my ass handed to me, but, but the point of the story was, uh, that it, is the point. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, I, I got beat up that day. They no, no, but me back out of the room, but, but the once, same you can, rules, you can learn to identify it. You can learn to yeah, identify it and, and, uh, and know what's happening. Shelly Martin and I are in, uh, in, uh, in Greece. And we're teaching at a, a facility called Enemiotic for NATO. And uh, so we go down to the waterfront to, to have some chow. And uh, you know me, you've traveled with me. How many times have we yeah. been together? Except we I, never stand to, back. I never get to go to Greece. I get to right. go to, hey, well, we're well, going to do a Greece trip, yeah, but, but you, you know what? We're going to send you to Saudi Arabia. You're going to go to Irvine. <laughs> we're going to send you to Irvine uh, in a factory. Uh, but the, the, no, you're exactly right, Brian. And I'm sorry for that. Uh, but the idea is that, that here we are. And so we look before we leave and we sit down and we watch all these restaurants before we decide which one to go to. And, you know, Wooly, I love Martin Wooly. Martin Wooly's like, he's the ambassador. Oh, I know yeah. from uh, Great Britain. I know everybody in this restaurant says we should go here. And everybody's waving to us already. But what it was is these two Greek brothers were magic. What would happen is they both stood in ambush positions and stayed very still. And remember, these are open air cafes right on the water. And there's thousands of, 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 of customers milling about and you're competing for these customer dollars, right? And, right? and these are savvy travelers, right? So the people would come up and the one brother would step in front of them with his back facing them. 
So the person would move to walk around, and the other brother had this three-foot by five-foot card that had all the menu items on it and would stand in front of the person and say, hey, take a look at the menus. Now, that person would turn to walk away. Now, the brother who had his back on, he had another box, and he created the two sides of the, the hallway <laughs> you were in now and said, welcome to our restaurant. And the whole time, they were turning very slowly adaptation and change blindness, yeah. right? So you wouldn't get excited. And a minute later, you're having water with lemon in their restaurant and you're going, how did I get here? The idea was they did it so subtly and they yeah. did it over and over it, and people don't want to make a stink. They're like, yeah, okay, well, not now and everything. And the brothers just kept moving them in like, like it yep. was a, a, a production line. When you see it in action and you don't know it, you might fall for it. When you see it in action and you're savvy, you're in on the magic trick, you're not going to fall for it. Well, that, that's the same, same exact happened. Same similar thing happened uh, when we went down to McKaylee and I went down to uh, uh, Cabo San Lucas down in Mexico okay. and a similar area waterfront. They got all the restaurants and obviously they're trying to get all the tourists in there. So I always take that step back and just watch everything that's going on. See who's working. All with our listeners do that. Cause, cause you, then you can see who those guys Please at the do door that. are working with, how they're getting people to push people over there. You'll start to pick apart like, wow, they got these kids out here playing in an area that blocks everyone's way, but yes. no one cares because it's a couple little kids playing, but, but then it directs, you right, it directs you right in front of where they want you to go. So I, I've obviously sit back observant, you know, McKaylee's walking through, they're all trying to do it. And what, what the other thing is that you'll see when you go on uh, to, to foreign countries, which is hilarious, uh, or here in the US, but but they're, they've got those people working the crowd as they're walking by, um, you know, asking them if, if they want to eat there and showing them the menu exactly what you were talking about right there. Yep. So I'm observant. I'm looking around. So then there's another guy standing there, and he sees me, the fact that I'm now situationally aware and looking around. And he looks dead at me. He goes, do you want some drugs? <laughs> I was like, no, no man, I'm, I'm good. He's like, okay, let me know. I'll get you whatever I want. He's pointing, uh, pointing because, his nose. Everything. Because he's got a 50-50. Either right. you're a fed a cop or, or, or I'm looking for dope. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cause that's yeah. the only thing that, that he could tell you weren't a tourist at that point. Yes. So you had to fall into one of the two so, remaining baskets. So it goes, it goes back around to that, that criminal behavior, that criminal element, they're doing the same thing. Right. And that's what they're trying of to do is, are, are you, are you a cop or are you a customer? Right. So, so that's, so, so listen, you can harden yourself and you're right on Brian, uh, uh, go to the back of the Hammaker Schlammer catalog or whatever those things are called when you're on the airplane. They yeah. used to have those. I don't know if they got them anymore. I, well, they got, that's one of the brands they said. What are those, those in-flight magazines? Yeah, yeah, all yeah. the all ton of crap that you don't need, but that you, you don't have. Need. So, so it shows you. It says wear this vest under your clothes when you're traveling. Yeah. Or, uh, you know. Yeah. And and it's got snaps this way, Velcro this way, <laughs> yeah. uh, a chastity belt down it's this made way, made out of Kevlar. And, yeah. And, and a monkey. Do you get what I'm saying? That alerts on me when your shirt's open. And they say, listen, it's only seven hundred and fifty dollars, and you will keep your passport safe. One, you will never get your passport out when you need it. And, and places like KSA, <laughs> yeah. when they ask for it, yeah. you need to come up with it snap snappy. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other thing is, uh, that's a physical tool with which to inhibit or slow down a bad guy. And then they'll probably choose somebody else. There's a way to do it even smarter than that. Be more situationally aware. When right. you're more situationally aware, they will choose somebody else coming through the airport. And when you see that you're in that, if you call somebody on it right away, my pocket's being picked. I'm being robbed. I need help here. You'll change the entire dynamic of that situation right away. Because most people want to go along to get along. Most people don't want to, you know, say or do something that's going to offend anybody. And guess what? You're right on the X. Now you're in a bubble in that ambush and you're going, how the hell did I get here? But if you took that step back in Cancun or Cabo, 
and you stayed for just a few seconds and look, listen, smell, feel, and saw what was going on, you're not going to be fooled. Brian, do we go straight? And I talk about restaurants a lot, folks, because I'm hungry all the time, and I weigh 400 pounds. But uh, biscuit try at 400, and I ate that <laughs> at Denny's this morning. But the idea, Brian, is we stop a lot for food like a hobbit six, eight times a day. Uh, uh, you remember when we go with those idiots that, that would run in and get the coffee and we'd say, I want a double gulp black, whatever yeah. else like that. You and I would park the cars after driving around the <laughs> building three or four times. Then we would separate ourselves from the cars to watch the crowd. So we could see what was going on. What did they do? They would walk from the car straight into the place, order their coffee, come straight back. And we'd say, Hey, did you see the guy with the straw hat or this or that or the other? Yeah. They go, no, we're buying coffee. And we're like, wait a minute, you idiots. You're supposed to be teaching people how to be more situationally aware and what, what got you to your cognitive limit was, oh, it's a Starbucks, ooh, well, that, a, a Dunkin' Donuts. Am that, I lying? No, and, that, that, and that's the thing is that that's when it, that's when it happens is when, you're, when you get the happy head. The happy head. It's exactly. The, you know, nothing, no, no, nothing, none of these crimes or anything ever occurs when you're like, so there I was watching my area, taking a look at everything. That's not when anything happens. Exactly. So if you're not, do, but if you are doing that and, that, and that's the thing, and it, it just, I think, I think the observant part is to defeat some of that inattention blindness, to defeat their, their basic street magic that any criminal is going to want to do uh, is literally just, just being that more observant person. And then you got to have, I know we've got all kinds of tricks up the sleeve. I had, but even me, I had a guy like I, it was a non-standard observation for me a couple of weeks ago. I was going to uh, meet someone. We were a little meeting, uh, grab coffee and I'm walking down the street to get there. And I see the guy approach. I saw him look at me across the street and there was no one else out. It was moms pushing kids in strollers like nine o'clock. This whole beach town. And I'm like, ah, he's coming up. Here we go. So I usually have a few things ready. If someone's going to come up and ask for money or before they'll ask, and I know they're gonna, I'll walk up to them and go, Hey man, you got a couple bucks I can have. Cause they don't understand. They're net. They never see that coming. Cause they're sitting there trying to ask you. You've for money. changed their channels immediately. So, so they are immediately. Now we talk about that Mobius loop before and being like, they're, they're thrown off and they don't know what to do. So this guy comes up and he's of course got the story and this, Hey, I, uh, I need you to, could you get me a pack of cigarettes? And he's waving money at me. He's like, I, they won't, uh, you know, they check IDs and he's going through the whole typical, which I know is all BS. Yep. But what threw me off is he had money in his hand that he's trying to give me. So I'm like, I got to play this out. I'm like, all right. So now I'm you're talking. Only, only because you're curious. Yeah. Only because you know I'm curious. The fix is in, but now that, you're curious. Yeah. That, that's, uh, that's what we do for a living. And I got plenty of other tricks. You know, I am not, I wasn't worried at this point that this guy was going to pull out a weapon and try and kill me or something. Exactly. Right? So I go, all right, I got a couple of minutes. So I'm looking, I go, so wait, what was it again? So they go in here. He's like, yeah, I go in there all the damn time, but they don't, wouldn't take, they needed to see an ID for cigarettes. This guy looks like he's like 45, been partying for a couple of days, smells like ass, but he's wearing all this jewelry. He's like, I got a half a million dollars worth of jewelry on. So I'm trying to ask him questions to get in his loop. And I go, well, why wouldn't they do it? Or I said something like, why would you do that? And he goes, why would I wear all this jewelry? <laughs> and I'm like, no, why wouldn't you do it? And so, but he's handing me this money. So I'm going, all right. I go, all right, what do you want, ma'am? So I take the money and I go in there. I go, you know, it was a pack of you know, menthol cools or whatever, <laughs> whatever he wanted. And she told me the price and he was like a dollar short. And I was like, oh, That's that was it. He That's didn't, 
That's his he got thing. You, but he got you right up there. He, and now you had the should I stay or yep. should I go? So he, he got do me. I, he, do I come up with that extra buck? Do I tell so, the guy to blow off? So that's what I loved about it because I was like, man, he was good because when he not, he got you to buy in, he gave you money. You're there. You're 99% there. You're at, yep. the, you're at the finish line. You know, you're yep. about to go walk into the end zone. And most people would just be like, oh, whatever, throw in. Yep. Yeah, I was just like, I was like, oh, I'm good. Thanks. I walk out and I just wave to him all happy. I go, hey, man, you're a dollar short you got another one on you and he looked at me he's like oh oh no i don't i go oh sorry man i gotta go meet i gave his buddy back and what but it, it was hilarious because but, i was but like but you you learned a valuable lesson that's what, folks that are listening that's called an loe yeah. limited objective experiment and what brian did is is he changed the circumstances to be in his favor so he could play it out to see what was going on no harm no foul no animals were injured in, in, right. in the, the you know taping of this episode. <laughs> and so that's brilliant, and that's great. And the idea was that you went in with your head on a swivel already. See, every time I hear these, if you see something, say something. Keep right. your head on a swivel. All those platitudes are on there. And then I watch the people. Like, yeah. like uh, I've got to call somebody out, and I don't want to do it. But uh, well, you're it, at a security event. And I, I got it. Don't so name names. We're at a security event, and uh, this is the bane of everybody's existence. It's cell phone. And at a security event, I could see all the security players that were working on this team because their face – you know in Hollywood when they show a person driving at night how the and inside face, light's on the yeah, thing or their face light. illuminated? <laughs> so every few seconds, I could even tell who was likely communicating with each other you know, texting back and forth, because all of a sudden I'd see the first security guard illuminated, then the next, then the next one, and then the next. So I went up to the director and I go, hey, I don't want to be a, 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 you know, in technical terms, it's called a dick. I don't yeah. want to be a dick, uh, but I, I see where your guys are positioned and they're looking at their phones. And if they're looking at their phones, they're not looking at the people. And the guy says, oh yeah, but uh, you know, those are messages that are coming across from central. Do you get what I'm saying on high? <laughs> yeah. And they're trying to educate yeah. you guys. Brian, okay. what's the driver do? Drivers drive, man. Okay, so if you're the guy that's got the eye, uh, the guy with the eye calls the ball. Yeah. And you don't, you don't get distracted because you'll reach your capacity and you won't be watching, smelling. Like, like we say watch because your visual field is so huge, but smelling, your olfactory senses, uh, uh, sensing, feeling the heat. The reason you're supposed to touch the door in a fire with the back of your hand, because if you touch the hot doorknob, you're going to grip it and you're going to burn all your skin off. Those facts have been around uh, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, because they're triggers. They're human behavior and human performance triggers right. that, that we've, we think we've grown past. Listen, communication is an art form, and interpersonal communication is absolutely essential to be able to tell when the fix is in and you're being ambushed. And all this technology has taken away from the simple fact that communication is an art form, and and we're leaving that art form on the table. That's right. And I, I think today, just sticking with that kind of one one concept of understanding when some d d divided attention and inattention blindness, right? So yep. just understanding just that one concept alone is you can get better at actually identifying it and going, well, why why is this person trying to divide my attention? What's going on here? Maybe and it's, that's, that's enough. A, yeah. Maybe that's enough to sense that there's danger. Yeah. And, and those are some of the things that, that people kind of get into when they say, oh, well, I had a feeling or something didn't seem right. Well, I'll go with that. Just you play that out. And then, and you then don't now have to understand the, the situation. The chemistry. Right. Right, Brian, you don't have to understand the chemistry. The, the great thing about coming to our, our, our training is that you will understand it. You'll understand what your brain's doing and your eyes doing, and you'll be more in tune with it. But just if you only uh, uh, read the lessons learned and watch the podcast, you can yeah. learn this. 
if your brain is screaming to you to pay attention to something, it's probably the real thing and you need to slow your roll. You need to get out of that AO. You need to get back in your car or close the window or lock the doors. Do you get what I'm trying to say? There's that commercial where the kids take uh, uh, take uh, 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 cover behind the wall of chainsaws. Uh, that's a lack of situational <laughs> awareness in a horror movie. What yeah. you need to do is you need to give yourself the gift of time and distance, say, I believe the fix is in, and slow down. Maybe absent yourself from that situation. Maybe go to another restaurant. Maybe park in another parking garage. Because if you don't, you're gambling. And, and, and guess what? Gamblers lose. Uh, the house has the advantage. I know. Uh, defense is three to one or five to one in urban, you know? So. Anytime I go to Vegas, I do. Oh, so. you're, you've lost nothing. Like the, my, my thing is I always know it's the next role. Yeah, and, of and course. That's a, that's a great uh, uh, thing for uh, 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 scientific principle uh, and game yeah. theory. Uh, yeah, let's, the, 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 sunk cost the, theory. There's a whole bunch yeah, of them in there. So yeah. what happens is the, the one-armed bandit doesn't let you win. It lets you almost win. Yeah. And that gets all the axons and dendrites yeah. flowing. And, and now you want to play more. You want to close enough. All right. Well, I, you're I, betting with your life, Brian. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, never bet with your life. And I, I think that's kind of a good, a good point to end on of just keeping it at that topic and understanding divided attention, how it affects your performance, and then how you can understand it and see it when someone's trying to do it to you and know that you have physiological and psychological. Use yeah. it on a battlefield know that you have limitations yes, right. sir. well of course uh, like we always say if anyone uh, needs and wants any more information on any of the stuff they can always reach out to us uh follow any of the links and get in touch with us uh other than that everyone uh, be safe and training changes behavior that's all for today folks thanks a lot for tuning in remember you can follow us on facebook at hbpra check out our website at arcadiacognorati.com please if you enjoyed the show like it share it tell your friends about it get the word out there and if there's something you want us to cover directly or curious about go ahead and get a hold of us by email at leftofgreg at gmail.com thanks